guys, what's up? This is Sarah Troutman, and you might notice that we have a new name. It's Defy. So why did we change the podcast title? We changed the podcast title because when I was talking to the team of incredible individuals that I work with, we realized we don't care about fitting into societal or professional norms. We defy them. And that's really been the theme of all of the guests that we've had on this podcast. So why don't we just call a spade a spade? And that's what we're all about. Defy. Is this a show about perfection? Nah, because that doesn't exist. Is this a show full of empty self-help quotes for you to put on your Instagram? Hell no, that ain't our style. This is a show about defying the norms because well-behaved women rarely make history. So come on, babe, come defy with us and learn how you can use the power of behavioral science to live an amazing life. So welcome to Defy. This is our group podcast episode, and we were already talking before we started recording this. And so I'm on a roll, so I'm just going to keep going, and then we can like do some introductions later. But I'd first like, I feel like we need to really set the tone for this podcast, and I'd like to set the tone for this podcast in this way. Uh, Danielle and I flew to Phoenix to visit Carol at the beginning of December. We were very excited about this. Danielle hadn't been on a plane since the pandemic had begun. <laughs> I, on the other hand, had been on a plane numerous times, but only in the Western regional United States. And so Danielle and I had exchanged many text messages in terms of the mask wearing that she should be doing. Should she even drink the water that they offer on the plane? Because you might have to bring the mask up. And I was like, Danielle, it is a 30 minute flight for you. And I think that you should just relax and drink water (laughs) if you'd like to and don't drink it if you don't want to and you'll be fine. So Danielle arrives what, like a three or four hours before I do on a Sunday and, and Carol picks her up. And so they have this opportunity to connect and hang out with each other. And then I fly in and they pick me yeah. up. And Danielle was so excited for us to meet IRL as all of us are to see anyone that we don't see on a regular basis because this, you know, raging pandemic has been going on for almost a year. And then she was proceeded to list all of the very specific needs that I needed to be aware of during our time that we would be spending <laughs> together. First and foremost, she's like, I need to sit in the front seat because I get motion sickness. So you're going to have to sit in the back. I don't know if there's room for you in the back because I also need to make sure my seat is pushed far back so my legs are comfortable. I also may need to roll down the window while simultaneously having the heat on 75 and you're going to have to deal with it. But also, I'm deeply excited to be with you. And I just, I really already love you so much. I just want to let you know this is what my husband deals with on a daily basis. And welcome to being friends with me. To which I responded, I'm here for it. And then I grabbed a hat um, and I took uh, a sip of of my latte and I just like leaned into it. I just leaned into it. And but also, I have back problems, so you have to carry all the luggage. Trevor usually gets Sky, so I'm going to forget her. You need to remember Sky. Yes, this is, this is. I mean, literally, I, I I think I picked her and Sky up. Oh my her, gosh! They were here a couple weeks ago. She just handed me the luggage. She just handed me the luggage. Because it's all true. This is this is why we're starting with this story because this is true. And I was gonna say I'm cracking. <clears throat> Sorry, I was gonna say I'm cracking up because 
it started off not very accurate and I'm like, okay. And then it got like spot on and. <laughs> mm-hmm. <No>. <laughs> I'm hot. I got that right there. Bring me a fan. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I don't think there's any better way for me to again really kick off this group podcast for people to understand these are the conversations that we have i would also like to note because i don't know if i want to put this on video or not yet i don't have my makeup on i've been having just like a crappy week of like low self-esteem i know that all of you guys like deeply understand this in our own ways we all struggle with this but just for also for you guys to know there is this little baby on nikki's lap right now is that baby oatly nikki that's that's a ridiculous situation of puff that's going on this, this is um mr old man taz oh that's taz my that is like 14 yeah, yeah. Get this little puff this year Look at the puppy sleeping. Such a nugget. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So across all of us, we are either team dog or we're team cat. So maybe first and foremost, why don't we identify if you're team dog or team cat? And then you guys, I'd love for everyone to just kind of talk about like, why are you here with us and how did you get involved in Defy? So Carol, would you like to start us off? Are you team dog or team cat? I'm team cat. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> are you team kidding? dog all the way? Yes, I have two little dachshunds myself, and I am um, a co-founder of Defy, and I do all the back end work. And the reason I'm here, my main mission in life, is to just make positive change and help as many people, and specifically women and children, as I can in my life. This is one part of it. We are all collectively obsessed with Carol's fur children, Jarvis and Pepper. Danielle and I both have daughters who now both want to come back to Phoenix, not because like I'm Tessa's mom and I'm here, but she rather because she's like, but what are Pepper and Jarvis doing? Um, are they snuggling with you right now? Can I see them? And then Skylar Rose, Danielle's daughter, my daughter Tess, and then Pepper and Jarvis just made like a snuggle sandwich together. And it was pretty much the most ridiculously cute thing that I've ever seen. And I was talking to Carol the other day. I'm in escrow to buy a condo down here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Pepper and Jarvis are going to love it. And she's like, you can't steal my dogs. <laughs> so she's like, you're, it's yeah. too much. You're just you're too close to them, but they're <laughs> the cutest things ever. But yeah, I mean, shout out to Carol. You guys, she's like the unsung hero of Defy because we have built this website that we have changed 10,000 times since- Every, Once a week. Once a week so since weird. we launched it, that we have spent- so much money on that we just were like, we just don't want to keep track of this anymore because this is just like an <laughs> insane amount. And yet again, uh, here's a newsflash from my from my peeps on this podcast uh, with me. We're changing up a bunch of stuff again, um, but it's going to be really great. And so Carol has just been, you know, a relentless and, you know, uh, unwavering uh, tech back end, you know, support system and, you know, creator of, of so many ideas. And so we, we are grateful for her. I'm going to look, I don't know if we are all looking at each other in the same order, but next to me is, is Cammy on the right of me. And so Cammy, why don't a team dog or team cat, um, and then just kind of talk about how you got involved with Defy. I am definitely team cat. I love my little Gabbana. Like she's the best and she's super spoiled and she's also 14 though. That's my baby. Um, I know like I'm obsessed with her and how'd I get on Defy? Um, I don't know. I feel like Defy like found me 
like I feel like I really just been like putting things out there like in the in the world and in the universe that I just want to be in I just want to walk in alignment with my values. I don't want to do anything that does not bring me pleasure. And I used to be like so uncomfortable with that. And I'm like, actually, no, like I I don't deserve to be attached to anything that doesn't bring me pleasure. And so, yeah, I am like the pleasure person of Defy. I am the person obsessed with talking about sex and sex stuff in Defy, anti-racism, like diversity and inclusion. And I have to say, and I'm just going to put this out there because I think it's really fucking funny. Um, So I think I've told y'all all all about these like jade eggs, like the yoni eggs, y'all. Okay, so I had my conversations about said eggs. Yes, (laughs) I like had it in today and notice how I did past tense. I had like the mother of all sneezes and it like fell out. Like literally like plopped out. I was like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) Like... (laughs) It popped out, but here's the good thing. Cause again, going with my pleasure manifestations, it didn't hurt. And like a few months ago, that would have like been severely painful. So all I'm saying is my little Yoni practices, they're working. I can't wait to share them with Defy. Hopefully yours won't fall out when you see it. <laughs> but hopefully it'll bring you some pleasure. <laughs> well, we're all glad. To know that not only was it not a painful experience, but that everything is still intact and where it should be. And super um, loose, you know, like that's not good. Like I need to do some kegels or something. <laughs> and this is just another layer of our relationship together. Here's like another just like quick little story. And then um, Anna, we're just going to come to you. So just prepare that you're going to have to identify as team dog or cat. And that's going to be a hard thing for you, Anna, because you have both. So you have to make a choice. There is no going in the middle on this one. And then you're going to have to talk about how you got involved with Defy. But quick story. So now that we're all comfortable with each other and we have all these Slack channels, we have a Slack channel called Random. And Danielle, would you like to share what you put on the Random Slack channel today, which is, has given me endless joy and laughter? Oh, my gosh. So everyone knows that I'm like trying to figure out my life and technology. And I just discovered podcasts with um, The Scoop. That was the first kind of podcast that... I checked out. And so a couple weeks ago, I finished all the episodes. I think there were seven. Um, And I want to say maybe it was episode four or five. Um, Feta Alma, six, thank you. It was six. Uh, Feta, um, who was the co-host of of The Scoop, um, talked about, can I, can I share? Yeah, I can share. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And just so you know, this was my podcast. So I was, Shade and I co-hosted this podcast, The Scoop. It was about ABA autism advocacy and like hip hop and, you know, divorce and everything. Um, okay. And she uh, tragically passed uh, four months ago, but we had like six, like tremendous episodes. And so this is, this is what you're referring to actually, Danielle was the last episode we ever um, the recorded last together. Episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I had heard it and, um, and Feta talks about her son, Moo, who also tragically passed, but he was coming to the point in his life where he had discovered himself and discovered the pleasure that he could bring to himself. And so Feta, um, talked about very openly, her, I guess, journey of finding appropriate lube. And so she talks about she would buy one tube and that was just, he was going through that too quickly. So she's like, well, let me look into the next biggest size. And it was like a gallon and he was going through that pretty quickly. 
And then just, I can't do it justice, listening to Feta kind of talk about how she goes from one size to the next size, which was a 55 gallon like drum a loop drum and when i heard this as i was listening to it i like hollered i mean i was in the car i had to go over and everyone is like cracking up and she's like but i i I don't know if she bought it i think she said i bought it and i shared it with all my other moms which was hysterical she did hysterical yeah and then today amazon pops up and it's like these are the 15 like best things to buy in 2021 the 55 gallon drum comes up (laughs) and so i screenshotted it and sent it to the slack channel and um i think it brought everyone immense joy and it it just it was i've been cracking up about it all day it was oh my gosh and not only did it come up the visual that they used was some like you know skinny little girl like not not a girl woman (laughs) peeping out of it like she like jumped in it for pleasure and by simply just it, by jumping in it uh into yeah. the loop she was experiencing yeah. uh you know so much joy and potentially multiple orgasms and the fact that danielle so you guys out of all of us danielle is like the most square one of us i mean and that's not a judgment danielle like that's just a straight <laughs> fact and so to no, know that danielle, we have now crossed into the friendship zone where she feels so comfortable uh, that she can screenshot lube pictures. Lube pictures. I was just, I was so proud. I mean, I feel like my work here is done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And the funny, like, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the review, the no. review hysterical, please go back and read the review. Okay. I can't even, I can't even, but it, it was appropriate. And, um, it was just hysterical. Absolutely, Absolutely. hysterical. Well, moving from lube to Australia. Do you like how I just like segued from lube to Australia? We would like our other uh, defy lady, the fantabulous Anna Mishki. So Anna, cat or dog, again, you can't be on one side or the other. You have to choose a side. You can't be like, I love both of them. They're so amazing. It's a cat or a dog person and how you got involved in defy. Well, hands down cats. Like there's no, there is no question about that um we got a dog because of my husband so and then I it quickly confirmed um as you know I'm a cat person through and through and through so no fence sitting uh thank you all the way and just so you know Anna also has these cats King and Bastille they have their own Instagram handle what is their Instagram handle Anna King and Bastille Oh, look at how, just how appropriate. And I just like walked right into there. They are like the cutest cats. And also, so people know, I've known Anna her entire life and actually technically before she was even born. So we've, you know, been like, she's like a little sister. So I followed like when King first came home and Bastille first came home, these were like the cutest stinking kittens I have ever seen. Cause is it King that has like the ears that kind of like flop? And she, yes. she's just, she, I, I can't. She's a Scottish fold. And technically, Bastille is too. He just didn't get the fold gene. So it's just a Scottish straight, I guess. Oh my gosh. It's too much. So talk about how you got involved in, in Defy. Because it's, I, I think it's a pretty good story. Yeah. Um, well, gosh. If we're like looking way, way, way back. Um, I was born in Seattle and I think it was like the first night of my life I slept in Sarah's closet 
mm-hmm. in Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was is super close friends with, I mean, it's basically like family. Family, yeah. Um, I mean, how many holidays have we spent together? I don't, I don't even know. Most. Most, yeah, yeah. of your growing up and even me, and me growing up too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Um, and so I've just been in Australia. I'm an illustrator and kind of have been doing that for the past, publicly for the past few years. And um, so when Sarah reached out about, well, what was then reveal, uh, it was super exciting and um, just wanted to see how I could get involved. And it's just grown from there. So now I get to support all of these incredible people with whatever they want to do, which is a lot. <laughs> it's and it's so it's a lot. And then there's more. And what people need to realize, if you look at all of the graphic design that we have on our website, on our social, on our merch, these are all original designs by Anna. And that was very important for us to have a specific kind of bespoke aesthetic to to what we're doing because I there's so many businesses that start up and this is a, a huge like pet peeve of mine in terms of like people starting new businesses and they just use like, you know, a Weebly template or like a Wix template in like stock images. And and I understand like if people are, you know, really trying to do it low budget, they don't have a lot of technical expertise, but I think it doesn't necessarily like bring in the audience that you want. And we really wanted a, a feel and an aesthetic. And also Anna's a very, you know, gifted writer as well, marketer, et cetera, that really spoke to the type of person that we were trying to bring in and really spoke about us. And so this has been this, you know, great creative partnership because to be clear, I have not one ounce of creative um, uh, talent at at all as it comes to, you know, design, et cetera. I just think that I have very good taste and therefore that's why we have, you know, Anna Mischke on the team. And it's also just been really nice to be able to reconnect with someone who, again, I've known, you know, their whole, their whole lives. My father married Anna and her husband. I mean, like, this is how deep our families roll. So it's pretty great. And we're excited to welcome her back to the U.S. Because I know you're so excited to come back here since it's like a raging COVID party in the United States comparative to Australia. So it's going to be a really good time. So I like the 57 masks because you're going to need them all the time. Wear them all the time at once. Mm -hmm. Okay, and last but not least, and just so you guys know, we we don't have our beloved Emily, Dr. Emily Callahan today. She was honestly, she got a migraine and she's like, oh my gosh, guys, this is like knocking me out. But she is, you know, super bummed that she she can't be here. But one thing that I think that we've done a really nice job of as a team and something that I think that all of us are really trying to help prioritize each of us do is our own self-care. And Emily is such a, a team player and she never wants to miss anything and she wants to participate and I was like, Em, you have a migraine. It's also, she's the only one on the East Coast. So all of us, let's see, uh, Nikki's in California, Danielle's in California, Carol and I are in Arizona, Cammie's in Hawaii, Anna's in Australia. But for Emily, it's already 7.30 at night and she's been spending most of her week, you know, dealing with all of the the homeschool rigmarole for, for Jack Callahan, our boy Jack, who we adore. So I just, you know, I know she's super bummed to miss today, but I was also like, hey. Like we all, it's been a year this week and I feel like, and I don't know if any of you guys feel like this too. I, I feel like I've said this every week for the last 10 weeks and I truly feel like this is the week where it like literally physically manifested in my body and I have been 
I, I have nothing left to give. So I was like, M, we, we got your back. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the whole week and like just everything. But let me not um, miss the opportunity to go to Nikki. And we already know, like full disclosure, like Nikki's going to be team dog. Like obviously she has Taz and then she has baby Oatly. Who's yeah, Oatly. Has been, baby Oatly. Where's, where's baby Oatly? He's taking a nap. It's oh, not time. Sleep. Yeah, we're about to. We're gonna go to puppy social in a little bit, so he needs oh, to rest. Up. Yeah, yeah. So he's thirteen what is, weeks. What is a puppy mm-hmm. social, and what does that even mean? What What does one do at a puppy social? So he is not one hundred percent vaccinated yet, so I can't really like go to actual puppy dog socials, um, just because of like parvo and all that. So I have to take him to like a designated doggy daycare and there's other puppies that are also unvaccinated so they can play but because of covid there's only a a max of five so i have to sign him up like way ahead of time um but the last time we went it was his first puppy social and there were five dogs he was by far the smallest and he just like thought he was a big dog like in it with the husky and it with the golden the huge golden retriever i mean it was hilarious i'm like do you know how big you are (laughs) Oh my gosh. And by the way, I think it's hilarious that you're like, oh, he's not vaccinated. So he has to go to this like socially distant social. I'm like, isn't that what every single one of us in the United States is doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. We're not vaccinated either. Yeah. So like, only, like socially distanced gatherings with like only three people standing like 85 feet away from each other. Yeah. Like we're failing you, Oatly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, been, he's been born into this time. Yeah. <laughs> Like this yeah. is like, just like a, a the, yeah, just like a microcosm of like the world that we're all living in and have been living for the last ten months. Yeah, it's a, yeah. like this, you know, pathway forward to vaccine that hopefully I think some of us on the team will likely get before others. And gosh, I'm so excited for y'all. Um, so how did you, how did you get involved in Defy? Tell your Defy story, Nikki. Yeah, well, um, thanks to you, Sarah. Um, you know, approaching me and asking me to join into this um, amazing platform and. Um, so I've had, I've struggled with um, an eating disorder and um, mental illness. And when I finally found a better relationship with fitness and nutrition, um, it just did wonders uh, for me and in my life. And I've just really wanted to share that with others. Um, and I'm also going through a period where I'm really looking for purpose. So I felt like this was like the ideal time, like it was kind of one of those in the stars types of a thing, type of a thing um, for you to approach me. Um, because if I can find purpose in helping others, I mean, that's, that's all that I'm looking for. Um, and just to have a space that, you know, us as women can come to, um, I feel that that's, that's so important. And when I was younger, I never, you know, I had difficulty finding community, a community of women, uh, mentorship, uh, professional and personal development, all of the above. So um, I think if I had that, that would have made a a whole lot of a difference. So that's kind of why I'm here. Teach some yoga. (laughs) Namaste, baby. Namaste. Uh, All of us, like, you know, me realize I'm like, shit, I'm really not as flexible as I was 20 years ago. And like, definitely at six o'clock in the morning, like even less flexible, but like, it feels great when it's over. But during it, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like saying mean things in my head, like, Nikki, why are you (laughs) do not like, I do not want to feel this tendon right now. Um, Just like feel like, you know, my back cracking. But honestly, I felt so refreshed after your session. And I think I texted you right away. I was like, oh my gosh. I need to do this all the time because anyone that knows me knows that I do like hardcore, like I do F45, functional 45. You're like lifting weights, you're getting angry, you're throwing shit, you know, and it's like, 
really aggressive. And my body's just like, hey, we'd like to remind you that you are middle-aged uh, and your body needs- You gotta stretch everything out. You're crunching it in. Mm-hmm. I am, yeah. And they're just like, guess what? You're gonna be in pain tomorrow. Yeah. And luckily, <laughs> the next day after that, so why don't you get some Zen in your life? And that's why, you know, I, this totally makes sense in, for us in terms of really having that component in our community. Okay, so I want to talk to all of you guys um, and get your feedback on how how we are trying to model what it means to be an inclusive community because it's like not easy. I mean, I don't, I don't. There's no way to be more direct, and I would like to spend a little time talking about this because this is a conversation that we have had amongst our team. And to be clear, this is not a conversation that there is an end point to. This, in fact, is a conversation that is is ongoing and trying to continually engage with each other to figure out all of the the ways and our values around inclusivity and really also equity in the midst of all of the other things that we are doing in our lives, in the midst of our own you know circumstances and, and histories that we bring as our who we are in the midst of our own challenges, our own biases, our own, you know, great experiences, our own trauma experiences. And and I think that it's worth the time to to talk about that for a little bit because everyone here, you know, I, I know I know people's stories and I I've been trying to be very deliberate with how we we talk to each other, how I, you know, share what's going on with me. And that's been like a huge like growth edge for me to really kind of like be open and honest, but our entire value, a huge value proposition of this community is this idea that authentic relationships and connection are the fundamental basis for well-being and can truly help you elevate everything that you do in your life. But in order to get there and more importantly, I think in order to stay there in a soft, loving place with each other, it's a lot of work. And so I'd love for you guys to kind of share the kind of work that, that we've been doing, you know, kind of like the good, bad, and the ugly, because it's, there's all of those things. And those, those are all true. And that for us as a team, um, as a, I think as an exemplar of kind of a larger kind of ongoing, you know, struggle and trying this like great figuring out of like, how do we do this better? So I think um, we've kind of started from the ground up. Right. And so that's been the most important part to me is like really leading with action. Um, And I think by having a diverse team that we can have these hard conversations with um, and continue to like figure out how to navigate all of this with each other. Um, and understand and learn from each other. I think to me, that's been the most um, like impactful piece of Defy so far. I love it. This is so funny, by the way. Y'all have lots of opinions and everyone's like, but do I jump in now? But is it my turn to say something? We're all staring at each other right now. And I'm just watching each of, I can see each of you kind of like calculating in your head. What do I say now? Uh, So I I think, Cammie, I think you had something to say. Yeah, I think one of the, interesting things is or the the most interesting realities and actually I think Carol it was us that were talking about this just yesterday 
is the fact that I think especially our age group, all of our age groups, um, we were that generation that was socialized to like, I don't see color. Like, don't say the B word for black or, you know, like, you know, don't ask them. I don't know, like where they're from or, you know, we were we were literally, I think, kind of just conditioned to not do all the things that. I'm so happy that this group is doing, um, which is the only reason why I'm a part of this group in that, like, I don't want to pretend like, you know, my realities aren't what they are. And I'm not interested in doing this like struggle Olympics thing where like, I pretend like because I'm black or because I'm lesbian or because I'm whatever, like somehow like my suffering, um, is like worse than somebody else's. So like, I need to like stomp all over that or somehow because, you know, like, um, you know, for you, Sarah and Carol, like, because you all are white that like, you all need to like stump all over, like, or because you all are like co-owners, for example, like that you guys need to like stump all over like us. It's a very, very authentic, uncomfortable, it's like a marriage. And I, I think oftentimes mm -hmm. in like, we focus so heavily on communication and honesty and all that stuff in marriages. And we don't in like our platonic friendships, especially not in our like interracial or intercultural platonic friendships. And it's hard. It's very uncomfortable sometimes. Um, but I can truly say every single time like I feel like nervous or shy or scared or enraged or sad or whatever, I can truly, if I am willing, <laughs> come to you all and trust that it's actually going to be met with that authenticity um, and with at the very least like empathy. And there's always all of us asking questions, I think, for for deeper understanding, because I think we all ultimately want this deeper connection. And we know we can't bullshit this. Like we work too closely. We communicate too often, even if we wanted to bullshit it. I, I know that we know that we just can't. And so it's like this active um, process of like choosing to to really take like the bullshit out of like what I think we now know as like diversity with teams and just kind of do the real work. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think especially what you were saying, just so to give some context for people listening to this, we again have this Slack channel that is now, or Slack account and now has like, I don't know, like 20 channels. But it's been because we're across, you know, two continents. And I think, remember, like every time you do like the at channel, they're like, but are you sure? Because you're going to ping people in five different time zones. And they may not be appreciative of the fact that you're pinging them at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I don't care about that shit. I'm doing it anyways. I'm like, you guys can just put the do not disturb on. Uh, <laughs> but, but truly what our Slack has become is it is how we talk to each other. And I think for so many people now that we're in this kind of like work from home environment, and especially now that people have such like dispersed teams, you, you know, it very quickly becomes, you know, there is, you can see through the stuff that's like not real. And, and by interacting in this way and, you know, having like the funny memes that we share or sharing the, the pictures, or you guys know that like I've shared like the hate texts that I get, um, we've been able to kind of build in our connection in all of these different kind of you know, in different pieces to each other. And there's no way that all those pieces can continue to kind of fold and stack on top of each other unless we're, it's met with just like total honesty. And, and one thing um, I had to run, look, Carol brought it over to me. So for example, we right now within our team, 
um, for those people that have, I think everybody, I think everybody got this book. So we're reading Morgan um, Jerkin's book. This will be my undoing. I saw it on a couple reading lists and I'm a, I subscribed to the New York Times. This is also how you know I'm old. And it was a New York Times bestseller. And so part of what we want to be doing is we're going to be talking about this book. And we'll do, make this... We can decide if we want to do it either as a Zoom or a podcast. But we'll do... We'll record our team discussion about this to share with our community. Because A, you know we're really interested in this and would love for other people to hopefully you know read this book along with us and, and provide feedback and have a really dynamic conversation but also something like Danielle and I have especially talked about this. And I know Danielle, you have a lot of feelings and I'm, I want your feedback on this too. Danielle and I are the kind of, we're like the big sisters of this group. Um, that's another way of saying we are the oldest people in this group and, you know, for better or for worse, you know, I, it's harder for me to stretch and I'm more tired during the day, but there also is a different level of wisdom and understanding, frankly, that one obtains with every year that you live on this earth. And I think Danielle both and I understand that life becomes more complex and more nuanced and not more simplistic as, as you age. And so we have had so many like deep, deep conversations, especially over the last three months of how do we hold each other, hold all of our unique experiences, bring together this group of, of individuals that are coming from different, you know, classes, races, culture, backgrounds, religions, geographic areas, and show what it actually means to be connected together and and have these relationships with each other and have the hard questions, but also have fun. And it doesn't always have to be heavy 100% of the time, but it also can't be, we don't do that 100% of the time either. There is, and Danielle, I'm going to, this is a true Danielleism. It, there's a balance. And what Danielle and I always talk about is it's the Venn diagram and likely the best place to end up is somewhere in the middle. I think you said it perfectly. I, I think um, as I'm reflecting on this time in my life and, you know, as I've, you know, joined the Defy community, I've realized the value that I have in my own relationships um, and have really strong relationships. And people ask me all the time how I've been able to cultivate that, you know, being a product of, of trauma and abuse and neglect. And um, I just had this deep, deep, um, intense need to be loved um, and to, to give that love and to show love. Um, and so I think as a part of me cultivating this, this community with Carol and Sarah and Cammie and Anna and Nikki and Emily has really been about how can I, how can this translate out, you know, professionally, you know, and, and as I'm seeing all this hate on social media and all the divisiveness with, you know, the politics and the, you know, and the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm just like, it doesn't have to be like this. We can actually like, we don't have to like each other, you know, we can work together and we can cultivate healthy conversations. And that's kind of what had come up for me and just using my own skill set and what I've developed over my years and bringing that to a community where we're kind of modeling that. And I think that's as, you know, Carol, Sarah, Cammie, we're all, and, and Emily are all BCBAs. And so we understand like um, BST or, you know, uh, be behavior skills training, like kind of like we have to, we have to be able to show you what we're talking about. And one of the values that I just love, and you guys get a text from me almost every night, like, I just love you guys. And I love this community because we're really doing the work. Something tough comes up and 
it's like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. How are we going to navigate this? How are we figuring this out? Um, and it's strengthening our friendship. And I, you know, whatever's going to happen for the rest of my lives, I feel like you girls, um, you, you humans, I should say, um, are just going to be a valuable part of my life um, because we're really working through some of what we're trying to model for the Defy community. I think, too, we have to realize, and I, like this just came to me, Danielle, as you were talking, I'm not sure if we've ever really had a model like on how to do this. Like, I can't really think of a company that even, I mean, and we know, I think, especially as women, um, cisgender women, that, you know, there's a ton of companies that are all about like female empowerment, or there's a ton of companies that, again, like, they they kind of check this box of diversity by only having like all cisgender people. And yes, that is revolutionary, but kind of not really in 2021. <laughs> you know, like I think, I think, I, I don't like to give I'm really big. I always say this. I'm really big on not praising a fish for swimming. And I don't like to pat myself or other people on the back too much for doing things like what I feel like we all at the basic level should do. But I really do want to like applaud us and commend us. Like this is not easy because we're actively choosing to be authentic mm -hmm. and we're not doing this erasure. Like we're not pretending like we don't see exactly, like we, we are literally not only like tacting, like whatever it is and seeing whatever it is that, that we're presenting to the world, but we're also going deeper to figure out like, who is Sarah? Like who is Danielle? Who is Camille? Like who is Anna? Who's Nikki? Who's Carol? Who's Emily? And like, what got them to be where exactly where they are right now? Um, and again, like, it's not easy. It's, a, it's, it's very fulfilling though. Like I, I can truly say that it's very fulfilling. Well, and I also think part of what, when we were have been talking about the vision and, and mission of, of this community, some of, and also just something that I was thinking about, because if people listen to, to my podcast and I've talked about it a little bit on social media, uh, that this was born out of me being in this like grief state from, you know, losing Feta and frankly, from all of the other things that happened for me personally in, in 2020 for the things that happened to us collectively in 2020 for things that happened to people that I loved that affected me in a different way, but affected them in a very deep way. And just the incredible sadness that that brought and just feeling where do we go from here and recognizing so much how critical these, you know, close, real relationships that I have been able to establish over the years in my, both in my career and professional life and what I've seen as I've aged. And Danielle, I don't know if you kind of are having the same experience as me. These are kind of merging more as I, as I get older, these, there's not the, the same kind of lines that I, oh, I have like my friends, you know, that I hang out with, but then I have like work people, like it's all, it's all the same people and understanding that this connectedness, this, uh, you know, authentic relationship, this willingness to be vulnerable with each other actually helps us come in contact with our collective power. It helps other people come in contact with, with their power. And part of what we're trying to do here is look at each other in a holistic way that there's no, there's not, you know, work Nikki and like, you know, personal Nikki or, you know, Anna's like social media presence, but like Anna behind closed doors, like we all want to be whole people in all of the things that we do and also understand that there is power in claiming our wholeness and who we are. There is even greater power in allowing in us seeing this in others 
there's even more fantastic power in us being able to do this at scale. And this is how we rise. And we also know that we need to rise in ways that are both rooted in influence and leadership, and frankly, to be direct, economic. All of the job loss that women or that what the United States experienced in December, which I believe was 150,000 jobs lost. I need to check that statistic, but I know that I'm within 10,000 at least of accuracy were lost by women. Yeah. We're lost by women because this is this, you know, raging pandemic that has no end. And for people, um, especially for people like Danielle and myself that are working mothers who are shouldering, you know, incredible burdens at home. And with, you know, where my kids were in the Bay area, I just had to relocate my own child two States away to live with my parents, to attend a different school in person because he was flunking distance education, he was in tears, and I was very concerned for his mental health and his overall well-being. And that is a, and I'm a, I have privilege to be able to even do that, mm-hmm. to be able to even have those choices. But think about this as a mother, I am allowing my child who lives with me all the time, I won't see him for two months because he can't travel because of COVID. And I'm willing to give up my child because I know that he needs to be in a place where it's going to be supporting him. And these are the kind of choices that are being put in front of people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even scratching the surface of all of the political choices and other things that are going on right now. So has there ever in our lifetime been a moment where we need to see each other and lift each other mm-hmm. and understand that we have collective power and we can exercise it? Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I don't think there is. And that's, and that's why this community has been important to me because I don't want to be feeling being this pain constantly. I don't want to be having to make these choices. And that's just a fraction of the choices that some people have to make. And there are other choices that I will never have to make and never understand because of who I am as a white cisgender woman. And I also don't accept that. I do not accept that. Mm-hmm. That's not the world that I want my kids to grow up in. And so fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. And we are going to turn it on its head, but it begins here. It begins yeah. here. And Sarah, like you said that so beautifully and thank you. I I know that that is, this is, um, you know, not something that's easy for you to talk about. So I appreciate you kind of sharing, um, that part of your heart. Um, I think, you know, collectively, you know, as we're navigating 2020, I, I keep saying, you know, June 2020 changed me, something inside me broke. Um, and as I'm kind of looking at my own internal struggles and how I'm dealing with everything, um, I started listening to other people talk about their experiences um, and then being able to define what it was that I was feeling in the in that moment um, in my life um, as someone who's identified as a Black woman and not been able to be fully um, accepted as a black woman um, or, you know, and, and kind of always being questioned about who I am and why I do the things that I do. Um, and so I've stayed in this bubble, which I, I talk about a lot. And, you know, words like code switching, I never known how to, I, I didn't know what that meant. I just, when I heard it and I heard the definition and realizing, oh my gosh, that's what I do. Um, and you talk about, you know, these different like friends that you have, and this is the friend that I can do this with, and this is the friend that I can do this with. And then at a certain age, it's like, it's exhausting. And I've realized this is my community. Like, 
you know, it's not like I can only do things. And, you know, and as, you know, Trevor and I have gotten married and we've had to merge our families and really my, I don't have family. I have friends who he has to, you know, kind of interact with. And I'm realizing the value in just this community. And, you know, as we're talking about Defy and kind of what, identifying what we were dealing with individually um, and then having these very open discussions, which I'm watching other people be a part of. That's, you know, why I, I became invested in Defy because I'm like, I want to contribute to this and I really want other women to access just being able to understand kind of what it is that they're going through because I had been going through so much of what I was experiencing alone. Um, you know, I'm often the only black friend that my white friends have, you know, and that, that lends to being aloneness. I've talked about 22 years as a behavior analyst being the only black behavior analyst, you know, at my level, I've always been in a leadership position and not having another black behavior analyst analyst that I can, you know, interact with. And so I think that's why Defy in this community is so important, because even if it's just to help other like humans articulate kind of their experiences. And that's what I'm finding in the lounges, like in mm -hmm. every single lounge that I've been a part of, there's been, you know, people in those lounges that are like, oh my gosh, yes, I've, I've done the, I've experienced the same thing. And this is the first time I'm talking about it, or this is the first time I'm even recognizing it. You know, I think you talk about privilege, like understand what privileges we all hold, you know, just because I'm a black woman doesn't mean like, hey, I'm scorned and and I, you know, and and I get to, you know, be angry about this or I get to realizing my own privilege, even within my community, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if I can say this on Cammie's behalf, you know, even like we talk about colorism, you know, in the black community and, and she holds a certain amount of privilege, right? And so even just recognizing that we all hold a certain level of privilege, honoring that and then doing the internal work. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that we're doing this publicly again to kind of model that this isn't, it's not one and done. We don't check this off of our list and say, okay, I'm like cured of, mm -hmm. you know, racism or microaggressions or, you know, whatever it is, but that this is a continual journey. Um, I don't, I, I'm kind of getting all worked up as I tend to do, but just, you know, understand, like, that's what I love about this community is just being able to to work through all of that with women who really support and understand and, and just accept, you know, cause yeah. you, as you guys were, you know, making fun of me, you know, 30 <laughs> minutes, 30, but even like, you know, I don't even realize that I'm that neurotic. And then you guys, you know, like, and, and I love that, that you guys see that I don't have to code switch. I don't have to like put on these hats. This is who I am. Take it or mm -hmm. leave it. And thank, you know, thank God you guys have all, accepted it and I can I can be weird in all of my glory so yeah well and I think you know even like Nikki you were saying earlier like I where was this kind of a community for me growing up and Anna I don't know if you have mm -hmm. similar viewpoints I mean I, I I mean Anna and I both grew up in the Pacific Northwest and Anna was in a family that that has you know was a, a transracial family my family is is transracial and I'd like to think you know for for my children um that they've had a hopefully in a little bit of an easier time just because they grew up in a very diverse city with a family that had a lot of diverse friends and a lot of, I think, cultural competence to a certain extent, to the extent that we can be, uh, we would try, you know, really, really hard. But I know for both Anna and Nikki, you guys both grew up in predominantly white communities. And I also think, and this is something that we haven't even talked about as a group, and I'm trying, 
and I'm going to go there. Um, I also think for so many times for Asian women, it's the like, but you can go either way. And so how do you, like, what do you, what do you do? Because it's like, you're, you know, it's like, like Asian women, I think are a lot of times they're um, uh, fetishized. Um, and like, oh, but you're just, you're just this petite and, and beautiful exotic. and right, exotic. And and so then you're allowed, oh, like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But in, you know, different kind of communities, depending on, on racism. Well, A, also I've had numerous friends of mine in California during COVID experience outrageous racism as a result of coronavirus originating in China. And these are my friends. They are not mm. Chinese. And, and the people painting, you know, like broad strokes, but I'd love to kind of hear your perspectives on how, you know, these kind of conversations give your, your viewpoint, because I think sometimes people think that these are black and white conversations and they are not. Yeah. Um, that's like a whole thing to like unpack. It's a whole other like, podcast. I, I, I know. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I definitely, I don't even think I mentioned to you um, t this to you before, but like I actually for a while when I was younger, I would like purposely not to be friends with other Asians because then it meant that I was all of a sudden, you know, going to be grouped at or grouped as looked at as, you know, um, so, you know, I definitely felt that challenge, I guess, like growing up and, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I will say for myself, I just kind of um, brushed being Asian and Vietnamese under the rug. Like it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't, um, I'm not different in any way. And rather than um, really celebrating and learning about my heritage and um, just what makes me me and you know learning about um my birth parents and and just all of the things that come with that um just kind of putting blinders on and trying to be like everyone else and everyone else that i was surrounded with um where it was a, it was a very white community mm -hmm. and um that's not to say that you know, I, I didn't experience um, a lot of, I guess, direct racism growing up, but it, it is interesting to see how it's kind of changed um, as I do start to embrace and, and actively try to learn more about myself and um, how I do realize that, oh, okay, actually, there, there are <laughs> a lot of these instances where um, things have, people have said things that aren't okay, or I've dealt with things that actually aren't okay. So it's definitely a journey. And I think I'm smack dab in the middle of the exploring those roots. So it's a really exciting, um, time to be Asian and alive, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, and difficult. Yeah. It's all, it's all of the things, right? It's, it's beautiful. It's 
painful. It's traumatic. It's glorious. It's funny. It's sad. It's all of the things. And again, that's where that kind of authenticity piece comes in for us. And I think the understanding, especially for those of us that are have behavior analyst analytic backgrounds, that we are, are products of our environment. We are the product of uh, all of the, the learning that we've in, in, encountered and reinforcement that we've obtained and the punishment that we've obtained. And it's gotten to where we are now. But also our environment is constantly changing, which means that we are also allowed to constantly change. We're allowed to constantly change and grow. We're allowed to make mistakes and we're allowed to learn from them and we're allowed to be able to try to do better. And I think that is what a great concept to be able to share with other humans. Like, hey, you aren't static and you're going to screw stuff up because we all do. But that doesn't mean that you can't pivot or as Carol would say, pivot. To put some little, uh, some humor into this. This is our theme of Defy is pivoting. That was me trying to say Ross's pivot when they were moving the couch in the episode of Friends. You may or may not remember it. And like, I'm fine with that. And I'm actually want to pivot um, a little bit because we're wrapping up on our our hour. And I and I want to make sure that we are are really clear about one thing that we're doing. And that is really helping to drive people um, to create what we what I keep saying is is an economic engine and understanding that if we want to help elevate the individuals that participate in our community, we want to elevate them as entire people and their whole selves, but also understand that if we really want to create more inclusion and equity, that there needs to be people that have positions of power. And likely those positions of power mean that you are going to be at a higher level at the job that you, you know, are currently are now that you are going to be able to, to start a business and be able to make a meaningful income to, to create influence, to create economic change for yourself. And I don't, I don't want to ignore that piece of what we're doing either, because to me, it's, it's deeply, deeply important. If you don't have financial resources, it's going to limit the impact that you're going to have. And that's just the truth. I don't know if you guys have ever read some of um, There's a book that was out there uh, talk, talking about, and I can't remember the author, this guy that was like a tech guy. And he's like, listen, I love all these people that want to do philanthropy, but I'm telling you what I wanted to do is create a tech company and make a crap ton of money and then be able to take that money and really put it towards the things that were important to me because I can have a much bigger impact if I'm coming from, you know, uh, having, you know, a dearth of resources and financial resources and a network versus trying to do something from the ground up and, and not having that. And, and that has been, you know, can be a, a controversial idea, but I'd love for you guys to be able to talk about what we're doing in terms of especially, um, the, you know, kind of coaching pieces, the accelerator, um, and how we are working on for each of you guys, part of what we're doing as a team is working on your own business development. And that's a key piece of being in this team. And, and can you guys kind of speak on those experiences? Cause we're doing it for everyone in, in, in different ways. And I want to be really clear that this is part of, of what we're all about here. I feel like that's that like awkward stare we're all doing. And oh my God, I feel like gonna go first. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think what's really cool about Defy is, or one of the things that's really cool about Defy is literally like everything that you just said, like you all want Defy to be a place that is so uplifting across the board, including professionally. And I don't know, kind of going back to what I was saying before, like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I think we've all worked jobs where we're like, this is my stepping stone. <laughs> you know, like I am just working this till I get to the next point. But to ha- be a part of a team and be a part of an organization where like we're, that's the forefront, like we want you to be 
whatever it is that you want to be. And not only do we want you to be that, we want to help you to, to do that. Um, I love the fact that you all are very big on compensation and not us just like being a part of Defy um, without any kind of return. Um, so for me, one of the things that I'm super interested in, um, aside from behavior analysis, is love, sex, and relationships. I'm obsessed with, um, I mean, anything really that has to do with people and relationships and how we were socialized and sex and all that stuff. Um, so that kind of leads into the coaching conversation. I'm actually, I'm in the process um, of getting like a few extra certifications, um, specialty certifications for this coaching. Um, but I'm so excited because I'm learning all of these things about humans that I truly had no idea. Like I knew that we were all socialized to be how we are, but I had no idea it was like this deep. So anyways, um, while I'm doing that and while I'm also, um, you know, studying behavior or doing behavior analysis, um, I'll also be providing coaching here with Defy. Um, so some of the coaching that I'll be offering will be about goal setting, about um, sex relationships, specifically um, its own separate entity of sex after cancer. Um, I'm really hoping ovarian cancer, specifically patients reach out because it is, it's very, very different. Um, and I really, I just want people to not feel so alone. If I can coach somebody to just not feel so alone, um, and provide them with whatever kind of resources and tools, um, I'll be so happy. And I think going along with what um, the point Cami made about how we are kind of setting our team up, the Defy team up in a very innovative way for their own success, I think the way that the innovative way that we're setting our team up for success is one of the most important parts to me. And I think another thing that um, makes Defy different from other like women empowerment or like grow your career, economic development um, communities is that we are trying to balance that like, yes, economic growth instability is important, but it's not the only thing that's important, right? So it's not about like, building this tech company that's going to just let you, you know, do all the philanthropy, um, the philanthropy work that you want to do. It's about finding that balance with what you want to do that allows you to have that fulfilling piece and give back and be financially stable. And also something that Carol always says, and I, I totally agree, like our hope is that for not just our team members in Defy, but also the people that, you know, become members that we can be this stepping stone. We want you guys to, to outgrow the supports that, that we're putting in place and be able to feel totally, you know, confident and that you have all of the different, you know, skills and, you know, are thinking about all of the, the different aspects of your business and then just flourish and fly the coop. But like, we're always here and we'll always have your back, but that is great. I can think of no better success for me personally um, than to look at all of these businesses that we've helped to kind of incubate and, and launch and just watch you guys flourish. I mean, that is, that's been the joy of my career when I ran an ABA organization is watching my staff continue to grow and start their own businesses and take other positions. Like I love that. It's deeply, deeply meaningful to me. And so it's so, so exciting. Um, 
I wanted to, Danielle and, and Nikki and Anna, I wanted you guys also to have the opportunity to just kind of talk about the things that you're working on and how um, people might come in contact with the, the type of work that, that you are offering um, through the Defy community as well. So maybe since everyone's staring at each other, not knowing when to talk, let's go in order. Why don't we go Danielle, Nikki, Anna? Is that okay? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah, you, you know, talk about, shoot, I lost my train of thought. This happens all the time. Perimenopause. Um, I am doing coaching. And one of the things that I realized in telling my story, I, I keep saying I, I never had a voice. Um, Sarah, very lovingly, um, you know, helped me to share my story. As a result of that, it's just opened up this new world as I'm kind of getting to know myself and um, getting to really reevaluate my life. I am doing trauma work um, as I am learning to become a clinical psychologist. And I'm realizing that I really want to do trauma work. I really want to work with people who um, are, you know, kind of working through their own trauma. And so that's led me to kind of want to work in a different capacity other than just BCBA, which is always going to serve me. But really being able to dive into the heart work is, is what I've kind of coined it um, in these past three months since I've been on uh, the Defy podcast. But that's what I want to offer. I think people look at me and they see that I live a very well-balanced life, but it was all very intentional. It's all on purpose. Nothing is by accident, um, which was something that was really hard for me to come to when I got to a point where I didn't feel the stress of the trauma or I didn't feel depressed or anxious. I thought something was wrong. And I'm realizing that 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 was something I had to work for. And now people ask me about my joy and kind of how I'm living my life. And I'm like, that's intentional like that. I fought for that. Like I've earned every smile that you see, every giggle that I have um, is because I earned it. And I'm really proud of that. And so what my coaching will focus on is just how to live your life with intention, how to kind of um, organize. I, I'm very you know, good at organization. Um, I've been through a lot of life experiences. I've raised um, children that are now adults and functioning in the world. I'm raising another four-year-old who might cause me to run away. Um, but, we'll she, but Skylar Rose is like, just, it's like she's joy manifested in this like little person, like for Pete's sake, I cannot think of a more precious kid, but also exhausting. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, is that, that, um, you know, I, my life is, is, is everything that I have and everything. And it's not even, you know, much, um, but even the little that I have, I'm so thankful for and grateful for, but I've had to cultivate those skills. And so my passion is really helping, um, you know, people kind of get to a point where they can live with intention, they can find their joy and they can really live a life that they feel happy about and proud about. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to say, sorry, is um, I wrote, um, I was asked to do an anthropology where I was able to write about, you know, my trauma and my story. And um, it turned into just being this motivational piece, which I hadn't, um, I, I didn't know that that's what was going to come as a result of me writing this chapter. And so that's coming out in February. And I'm really proud of it because it's a collection of stories from other women, other survivors. Um, and then at the end of the year, I am hoping to um, have my autobiography. So those are things that I'm trying to cultivate and manifest um, just to show other women that you're not alone. Like Cammie said, you're not alone in this in this journey, that there's other people that have gone 
um, before you that can help support you through it. I love it. Nikki, you want to talk about your coaching and what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess going back to just not finding a ton of purpose um, in what I was doing. Um, I love working with people and, and hearing their stories um, and, and talking through them um, and learning more that way. But it's hard for someone who's naturally an introvert in like a corporate world to feel like I can be open and have real genuine conversations with people. Um, but throughout my life, I've always identified as being like an athlete. And even in like my last, one of my last corporate roles, like there was a gym and everyone knew me as like the person that would run during lunch. Cause they could see me like running around the office or wherever. Um, and just the people I would meet in like a fitness type of a community, it was like, I felt like I could really genuinely connect and learn about them and not feel so stiff and uptight. And, um, so in doing that, I realized, you know, that I think my passion does lie within fitness and that community and in what health can bring to someone's life as far as just productivity and living ha happier and healthier. Um, and so I really want to bring that to defy um, with just health coaching, being there as support and guidance, someone that you can lean on, um, you know, if you're needing more support in that area or just, you know, what yoga can bring to you. Um, I love teaching and I'm just so excited to, you know, get my little launch um, through Defy. So I, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity. So, yeah. And last but not least, Anna, who brings a very, very specific skill set? And just to be uh, plug all of the work that Anna's doing, one thing that I think people often do not realize that they need to spend resources on and really devote time to is thinking about marketing and branding and your social media presence. We live in a digital world. There is a ton of content. There is a lot of things that people are competing, um, competing for your attention for. And you need to find a way to differentiate yourself and to help you stand out in a crowd. And you can't do that if you don't have just incredible marketing, graphic design. And, and that's, you know, I mean, Anna's the shit. We know that. But I just I want to say, like, people are like, well, it's not on our budget. Like, find it. Find it. Uh, because you will never regret that. Well, you have just made my day, my week, my month. Um, I just love, I mean, I love this team and I'm so grateful for the support um, and the learning that I get to uh, experience just being part of this. So for me, uh, art has been and continues to be a mental health uh, outlet just for so, I mean, I love it. But um, in some of my darkest times, it's been a place where I can express myself and um, and now being able to do that, to use that in a more corporate sense, I suppose, um, and help people get to where they want to be or, or to share their story or to express what their vision is through any of the work that I do. Um, with design or illustration or, or any of those kind of anything in that realm. Um, I mean, I'm so grateful and excited to be able to do that with people. And so I am, I, I just really want to be able to support um, people in their businesses or their 
organizations or goals or whatever their their kind of vision is um, and bringing that to life through something visual, um, something that they can share, something that they can brand and that, um, yeah, that's really my goal is just being able to figure out what people want to share with the world. And if they can't do that visually, try to aid in that. Perfect. I think this is a good ending point for us. And I, you know, it's, it's Friday night. Uh, well, technically for Anna, it's Saturday morning, but for the rest of us, it's Friday night. As I stated earlier, it's been, it's been a year this week and likely next week is going to be another year, perhaps two, but I will leave you with, with this. You guys bring joy to my heart. You bring purpose to my day and it is hard and it is great. And this is the essence of life. And I am so glad that we, I was able to be at least a little bit convincing to get you all <laughs> to join in and, and walk in this walk. I, I really appreciate it. And we wish everyone a peaceful weekend. We got yoga tomorrow morning with, with Nikki. Well, I guess I mean, this is actually going to be airing next week. So people can just realize on Saturday mornings, if you want a yes. chance to restore and hang with some cool peeps, just come on in. You're a part of the Defy community. We welcome you to join us they Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Yeah, Pacific Standard Time. And if you want to do some stretching and get maybe some swear words about how you feel about how you're doing your yoga um, and, and Nikki in the process of that, you can do that on Wednesdays at 6 a.m. And you're not going to regret it. And you might be a little angry, but you're just going to feel real great. And lastly, remind you guys, we are reading This Will Be My Undoing by Morgan Jerkins. And so if you guys want to read this, uh, holler at us on Instagram, social media, let us know. Cause we'll do, maybe that can be our next group podcast is when we talk about this. What do you guys think? Yes. I am very stoked about this. Okay. We out. Thanks for listening to defy. We really appreciate your support and we hope that you listen to all of the different podcasts that we put together. And guess what? We're available on all of the podcast platforms and on social media too. And we even have a website. Like seriously, we have all of that stuff. You can find us at www.defy.community. You can find us on Instagram at defy.comm, on Facebook using the same defy.comm, or you can even send me an email if you just want to chat about something or if you have an idea of a podcast that you think would be really great for our community. Our email is contact at defy.community. We hope that you have found something that you can take away from this podcast that will impact your life. We hope that you continue to defy society's expectations of you. Because remember, baby, well-behaved women rarely make history. Na, 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 na.